Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast, episode 152. Now, before we get cracking, just to let you guys know, the Patreon account is officially live. And thank you very much to those people who have become Patreons. You know who you are. They've sent you out a personal message saying thank you. Also, you can still become a Patreon of the podcast. Now, before you say anything, no, this isn't a whole sellout thing. I'm doing this because obviously now, with I've been doing this for two years, I would love nothing more than to pump out more episodes with great guests. But to do that, I need a little bit of support. So it doesn't have to be anything big, but all donations and support is gratefully accepted. All right, now back on to the episode. Today I'm joined by my brother Josh Birch. Last time he came on the podcast, it was pre-competition. Now he's been on a journey. He's come back. I can tell he's got a beard now instead of a mustache. Josh, what's good, brother? Not much, man. Well, the beard had to come because um, obviously we're going to go into an off-season now. My face seems to, you know, be one of them places where it likes to get chubby really quickly. So, ah. you know, you know, chocolate beard there, just shape it up a little bit. It's good. As long that's as you right. maintain it, that's I the know, main right? thing. And it's nice and full as well. It's not like a patchy beard. I'd be fucked if I had a patchy beard. Yeah. I was like looking back at like old um, off-season pictures and I was like, that's not a good look. The mustache with like a fat face is just not it. I was like, that's, that's the beard's got to go there. Yeah, it's got a well, it complements it nicely. At least it's not one of those beards where you have to wake up and look for exotic animals in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no shit, right? Well, I'll let it get a little bit longer and then we'll probably call it there. All right, so no braiding? Nah. No braiding, cool. <laughs> we won't have any of that. Lovely. So how long has it been now since we last spoke? It's been, what, a good few months? Uh, Yeah, so a few months since we talked. I think it was probably maybe, what was it, like five, six weeks after the competition or was it closer? Yeah, roughly around that. So long. it would have been like three months now. Yeah, well, so wow. let's give them a recap of what it was like now yep. leading up to those last six months because I've always been told those last six mu- six weeks are the most crucial. Yep. And then when you actually go through the competition itself, it's like a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Everybody's experience is going to be different, hey? For me, I'm very um, – ask anyone that I'm surrounded by. I'm a very intense person when it comes to this and it doesn't – I don't take it very lightly. Um, arrogant, arrogant or not, um, I think I have quite a big future within the sport. Like I'm pretty confident in myself in saying that sport pageant. We already discussed that last time. <laughs> um, so for me, it's um, I, I I I really don't know how to explain it. I take it very very seriously, and I take a lot of pride in how perfect I do everything, and everything is measured to the absolute gram. Like nothing is missed. I'm comfortable with saying that I don't cheat on the diet or anything. And that's not to say that anyone who does is in the wrong or f- or is, you know, a fuck up or, or it doesn't belong. Like that's completely different. But for me, the way that I approach this is very, very headstrong. Um, in them last six weeks, probably I would probably like isolate myself a lot more, surround myself with a few people, you know, and that and that's probably like I probably have a limit for like social interaction. Um, you know, I'd work, I'd get up in the morning and do my clients and I'd come home and make my food for the day, train, do the cardio when cardio needed to be done. If I could get it done in the morning, it would get done just so it's out the way and I wouldn't have to do it after training. And then I'd just spend a lot of time doing nothing. It's for me, I think the hardest thing of prep for me is that in them last two weeks, it's not the hunger, it's not the exhaustion or anything. It's for me, I have this, inability to be able to like focus on something it's like this constant want of your mind wanting to do something or you or you know you want to watch a movie but you you just have no interest in it you've chuck you know you could chuck my favorite movie on five minutes into it i'd be like i don't want to 
Which is? I, I don't know. I don't have a favorite. <laughs> but it could be just something that I really, really, it could be an MC, like a Marvel movie, you know? Like, and I just, I really, I just cannot watch it. I just do not have the brain capacity to be able to watch it, you know? And um, it's just like this constant one. It's like a constant itch that you want to, you need to scratch, but you, you can't find anything that does it. That's probably the hardest part of prep for me. Sounds like anticipation. There's a lot of anticipation. Yeah. Well, would you say it's, well, they, people would say the space between, Thought and action. Yep. So the space in which you were existing before the actual competition itself and doing nothing is probably the most uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Say, yeah. It's um for me like I wouldn't say it was really ready early. So I and I feel like that would be worse because I feel like if you're already like four weeks out, then you're kind of just waiting for the compound. You're having to like maintain that look. Where for me like I'd really struggle with that. We got ready, you know, around two weeks out, and then we got a little bit leaner in that you know the week leading up to peak week. Um, but we could confidently say two weeks out that we were pretty ready. But that was like something that was quite um, emotional for me in terms of like just little fine details that I was uh, worried that weren't going to come in in time. And then, you know, you'd wake up one morning and all of a sudden it would be there. And I think like when I had to, actually I had the message from Tim, my coach, where he was like, yeah, we're ready. You know what I mean? Like we can start trialing some stuff now. I actually pretty sure I cried. I'm like, I called one of my mates and I was in tears. <laughs> like it was just, I think it was just that release of emotions where I cut off all of that. I cut off any feelings that I had towards, fuck, this is hard. Like, I don't want to do this. I cut off all of that. So I didn't feel it. So then when it's like, cool, you're ready now. And you're just like, fuck, <laughs> finally. <laughs> you got that you emotional I mean? breakthrough. Like fucking finally, like I did it, you know? Um, and it wasn't even about getting to the stage and doing that sound of stuff for me. It was like, that's a part of it. But for me, the real achievement was I achieved the look that I knew deep down in my heart that I could achieve. And the competition was the cherry on top because as we discussed last time, it was the third prep and the only one to actually eventuate to a competition, right? So that was just, that was just a cherry on top for me. Like that was like, fuck yeah, the day came. I'm like, honestly, I like, it was no nerves whatsoever. I was just like, I'm just fucking excited to be here. Like, this is sick, you know? Like, I'm so happy to be here. Like, let's just do it. That's the best attitude yeah. to have because when you don't have those kind of expectations walking into competitions, you're not really, um, regardless of the outcome, you're kind of proud of your efforts because I've always been believed that people walk into uh, certain competitions and they the only thing on their mind is to win. But if they get second place, they absolutely like hit the shit. See, I would have, I'm, I used to be a bit in between that. I think I still am in between that. For me, I'm kind of just like, the only thing on my mind was like, I want to, I want to win, right? I knew that size wasn't going to be the main thing that we were going to come in with and blow over on a weight. I actually weighed in, I weighed in 10 kilos under my weight cap. Um, and at my lowest, I was 11 kilos under my weight cap, which a lot of people, you'll notice in this industry for sure, like a lot of people will be like, yeah, I'm struggling to hit my weight cap, but I don't see that as like a brilliant thing for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm 11 kilos under my weight cap. Like imagine me with another 11 kilos of muscle on. Do you know what I mean? Like that's going to be pretty wild, um, and with my structure, like it's it's gonna it's gonna be a good look. So, sorry, I was gonna ask, what was the uh, weight limit then? My weight cap is ninety three. Ninety three. So, and you came in at 80, 83. 83. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And on state, yeah, the morning of the show was eighty three point eight. So, yeah, it's just one of them things where it was just like you know it was really cool because I was just like I want to go in and win, but. I might not, you know, it depends what look they go for on the day. If they went for shape and conditioning, I probably would have done a lot better in a lot better in terms of placings than what I actually did, you know what I mean? Um, but like, because they went for a different look on that day, I don't really want to get into that conversation because <laughs> that's, that's a whole different one. Um, 
then you, I was still very happy. You know what I mean? I walked away from that competition. I was like, I came in probably one of the most conditioned on stage that day. Like I'm pretty comfortable. You can, can say that. And I, the messages that I received after and the confirmation of I, I, this is where I belong and this is what I, I, I should be doing was enough for me to walk away from that day and be like, I'm really happy. You know what I mean? Like this is like, I'm really, really happy here. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Because this is, I've, as it was your third prep, sorry, not prep, um, third cut. Fantastic. Okay. So like leading up to it as well, because this was the third one. And yep. then when you actually like step on stage, um, what was the attitude you had when you were actually up there in front of those lights? It's like, so funny. Cause it's almost the blur. Really? Yeah, yeah well, it, it goes by so quickly, though. Yeah, it? and, and it, it, it goes by quickly because it is quick. You know what I mean? Like you're not really on there for long, like a long period of time. But right. it was funny because I had clients like asking me in the days following, like, just tell me all about it. Like, tell me all about it. I'm just like, it was good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, like, how was it? It was good. Like, I don't. It's weird because it was just like a blow. You know, like it was. I I I know that I enjoyed it a lot, and I I felt very calm. You know, like I got a lot of. Um, applause for my presentation on the day yeah, um man, which man, was probably one of the things i was really worried about did you see the show i didn't see the show but i had people who i knew who were on stage with yeah so i saw all the photos yeah, yeah okay. different i saw a lot of the photos you had a lot of people there supporting you as well so it was a very nice long slideshow which i was deciphering yeah it was I, very i didn't actually get to see the show though the reason being is because on that day i was too in preparation for a competition and all that yeah so but not even that, but like I've also found other tickets are like fifty something bucks. Pretty expensive, yeah. Yeah. For a full day, it was probably even more than that for the male and female show because they split it up. They'll have like an intermission in between. Mm. Um, I did have a lot of people supporting there actually, which was it. Ha I had obviously the the kind of people that I really really wanted there, um, and obviously were invited. And then I also had just had a lot of people just send me pictures after, which I didn't expect, which is really nice. But yeah, I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of applause on my presentation on the day, which just it would made me very happy because i was probably like what i like i was worried about a few things and that was probably like one of them like i was like fuck what if i can't hold my poses correctly like what if i stuff up or something but you know like i don't remember if i did i don't remember it you know what i mean it was just one of them things that was probably so minimal and it wasn't something that i was worried about on stage at the time because i was i think it was very i was i was present but i also wasn't you know what i mean like i think if i was present i probably would have remembered and the time on stage would have been clearer um and i'm not sure why i don't know if that was nerves or not i don't think so like it was i th I enjoyed it obviously and i don't think I, I don't really you know i don't remember being nervous on the day but i think next time for me i just want to make sure that i definitely take in the experience a lot more probably on the day okay so based off the competition what was the did you get any like feedback from the judges on the criteria what they yep. wanted from you where you can improve the, the the literally the one feedback i had was come back bigger really which is what i knew when i, I go into it knowing okay. so i wasn't upset you know what i mean like and that was uh you know th and that's something that i can fix like if they were like your structure shit i'd probably be like well that sucks because i can't change my structure <laughs> um but if it's just size then it's just a time thing you know yeah i mean how long have you been training competitively sorry how long have you been training like intent would you say intensely leading up to this thing oh maybe like three years three years two and a half three years yeah. properly yeah yeah, yeah. Then you, 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 well, it was IFBB, wasn't it? Yeah, that is the yep. big league. Yep. So these guys, they do come in. But not even that, but also the other thing you got to mention is your 
23, 24? 23, yeah. Yeah, 23. Yeah. So I think I was probably one one of the youngest on stage. I know there was another kid that was quite a bit younger than me. Shout out to Ollie. He was a, he's a little bit younger than me, but yeah, yeah. The, definitely the youngest on stage, me and him. He literally works next door to me. And yeah. All that, yeah. He's such a good <laughs> so, kid. Yeah, love, shout yeah. out to Ollie. Good, yeah. good, good guy. Yeah. Well, it's because when it comes to IFBB, like at that level, you, most I hear most of the men generally in their later 20s or early 30s. Is that um, true? Yeah, I think for when you, your physique starts maturing, I'd say like early 30s anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say like early 30s, your physique definitely starts maturing, get, getting a different look to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like to even be there that young and be up that on the stage, I mean, against all those other guys, I feel like that we need to take credit for that is a win on its own. Yeah. And that's the main thing as well. But once you like step off, like – what was it? Like the first thing you do, you just like run to the food stand, or did you just like sit down for a bit? So like- one of my mates, she was competing next. So um, shout out to Maya. She was competing next. So I pretty much, um, it was funny. I have a quick story to tell. So my posing routine was probably like the one thing I was like, I probably one thing I was actually nervous for. And obviously that's like a minute where you're up there by yourself, right? And I think that was the thing. I was like, fuck, there's no one else up here with me. Like I have to go on stage and do a routine by myself. And I remember doing the routine. And I walked off and I went back to say, John, I was like, fuck, thank fuck that's over. <laughs> so that's like the one thing I was like, I don't like, I'm stressing about. But then again, like, I was like, everyone was like, oh, it's so good. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. Like, it's very nice of you to say. I, I definitely think it definitely did a lot of improvements personally. But um, yeah, so when I got off stage and I was like, all clear, like all done now, um, I went and saw my parents in the crowd and just had a quick chat with them. And then I went backstage to see Maya and then she was, you know, that was I was back there for another few hours, but yeah, I was definitely picking up some Manzo cookies backstage. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, it was your, also your first time doing this. Yeah. And when you do something for the first time, you're never going to be good at it, no matter what it is about. But now that you've come off this, yeah, and you've gone back now through the stage of recomposition, what's changed in terms of your mindset? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. It's still the same. And goal's still the same. Wow. Do you feel like there's any, do you feel like there's a little bit more purpose now to your training? I think I I did anyway, just because I saw the vision. I still see the vision before it's there. Okay. I'm definitely one of those people that like the self, like call it arrogance, whatever. Like I I think the self-belief in myself is very, very high. You know what I mean? Um, And there never used to be like that. Like these days it very much is. um, And I'm grateful for that. Um, so no, like it would, it's the same, you know, it's just cool. That's one checkpoint ticked off. Now we just gone to the next. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and how's the whole recomposition phase? Like, so is that the right word? Re, uh, re- yeah, like, uh, yeah. rebound. That's it. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was, I probably made it a little, little bit harder for myself. Um, and I went on, so I competed on Saturday and then we went to Brisbane on the Tuesday. How was that? That was great. It was so good. First um, time. Yeah, I, well, I went when I was a lot younger, but yeah, first time I was like an adult and like actually being able to remember it. Um, it was great. It was it was great. We we went over there because we were going to do nationals and then decided not to just because I was like, I don't want to step on a national stage and not have a chance of winning personally. Like I would just, I want to be, if I'm going to step on a national stage, I want to be in the talks to do well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Personally. So. Okay. Sorry, at what point did you realize that? Oh, 10 weeks out, I made that decision. Oh, but we had already okay. booked the flights and I was like, I still want to go on holiday, you know? Oh, so you went there just to... Did you actually get to go see Nationals though? Yes. So okay. we, went, we went and watched the female show on the Friday and the male show on the Saturday. 
Um, and that was great. My mate won his pro card, Matt Orchard. So he actually came over from Victoria, won the state show over here. Um, I had to keep that secret for a long time as well. Um, and that was great. He won the state show over here and then, because that was a week before the national show. And then he went and did nationals and won his pro card. Fire. So that was awesome to see. Like it was such a good weekend. It was such a good week in general. Um, but yeah, like we were doing, I was I was definitely a bit stressy because uh, like I'll pretty, be pretty open about it. Like I was definitely probably like as everyone does, I think anyway, especially after that post show, like you tend to stress about food a little bit because you're in such a sensitive state that, you know, that everything is is going on, you know, you've, you've put your body in such like a stressful period of time and you're depleted. And then a lot of people, what they do after is for days on end, they'll just, they'll tend to binge, right? You've restricted for so long so that when you can have something, like you go mental on it. Um, I didn't really have any, like we, we ate a lot on the Saturday night, just a lot of shit, like to the point where we felt sick. So the Sunday I didn't really eat anything cause I was like, I'm fucked. Like I do not feel well. And then, but I think I needed to do that personally because I didn't really have that itch to do that. Cause I was like, I don't want to feel like shit again. And then the week's coming. Yeah. So the, the weekend a bit after that we were in um, Brisbane, we kind of just enjoyed food a little bit. We had dinners out every night, but then the lunches were kind of just like chicken and rice from like an Asian place or something. Like it was just super chill. Like, and we were just having treat, treats here and there. I, I did cardio every day for the two weeks after the show. I trained Every, like as much as I, I think it took a couple of rest days, but I've trained because I felt good, not because I was like, fucking, you know, I'm eating all this food. Like I trained because I was like, I want to try all these cool gyms that are over here. And then I, on top of that, we were doing like 30,000 steps a day as well because we didn't rent a car. So we were just like walking around Brisbane like all the time and walking around surfers and all that stuff, which was great. Like it was so much fun. My feet were fucked when I got back. But like it was, it was one of them things where I was like, it was great, you know, and I came back. I'm pretty sure I came back lighter than I was the day that I went. Really? Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, should have eaten more." The food? I, yeah. I didn't eat that much though. Like, we, I didn't go that mental, but yeah, I was like, "Fuck, should have eaten more." And but oh well. I do hear wild stories about what they do eat after that. But yeah, it's crazy. Someone told me the real actual discipline comes after the competition. Yeah, because that immediate goal isn't in front of you, right? That's why yeah. <laughs> the immediate goal isn't in front of you anymore. Like you're not like, oh, in X amount of weeks, I have to step on stage in my underwear. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's harder for people to stick to that plan. Um, but you asked about my mindset yeah. after the show. I think that's probably what helped me a lot. I was like, well, I don't want to start my off season in a shitty place. I don't want to start my off season with no appetite and in a shit body composition. Like how is that going to benefit me down the track? That's just going to take X amount of weeks off my off season. And you know, I'm going to have to the mini car and then et cetera, et cetera. Like why I, I don't want to do that to myself, you know, like I'd rather build my calories up, stick to that. You know, as soon as we got back from Brisbane, I was like, I stuck to the calories that I was allotted um, from my coach and they've already, they progressed up to 5,000 within the first two weeks of being home. My calories are already at 5,000 now, but my appetite is in a brilliant place. You know what I mean? Like Okay. It's it's one of them things where it's just I, like I've kept cardio in four times a week. You know, I've got an, obviously a new training block now that we turf for areas that we need to focus on. Um, and it's just been one of them things where, I, yeah, I didn't want to fuck up my off season, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. Like that was enough for me to not be like I'm gonna go crazy with food and, and you know and blow out. Okay, because the main thing I always hear is like um my buddy Mark. He's come on the podcast quite a few times. He talks about like when you come off stage and you get back into the training floor, when you slowly feel your weight come up again, you have a much more 
intentional purpose when yeah. it comes to training because now you know what you're competing for. Now you know what you've really got to improve on. Yeah. So that's why every training session that comes through is like almost it's a bigger it's a bigger bigger grind. Yeah. And but the main thing also as well is like getting your weight back to normal after competition isn't pretty much a challenge on its own yeah. because you want to eat more after being starved, yeah. but you have to allow your body to gradually process it as well. Yeah, I do think I'm a, I'm a fan of kind of gaining like seven to 10% of your body weight very quickly post-show because you need that recovery. Like it's not healthy to stay at that body weight that you were. I think like seven to 10% of your body weight is a pretty good kind of rough estimate for most people to just get back up to that weight. And then from there, you know, kind of, and, and I'm not saying get up to it in a bad way, but you know, food should be progressed, you know, to get you to that point quite quickly. And then from there, whatever it takes, you know, to whatever you need, whatever the, the person needs to do. Okay. Well, yeah. Fair point. And has your training changed or anything lately over the last few over the last few weeks? Because what I've been told as well is like leading up to competition, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, competitors tend to cycle almost completely away from barbell or completely away from dumbbell if they need to, and almost go entirely on machines. Has that been the case at all for you? No, I didn't do that. I was I kept my training the exact same the entire prep. I'm pretty sure I was following the same program the entire prep. Um, I'm I'm of the group of like whatever put the muscle on keeps the muscle on right. So you know obviously things were changed when towards the end of prep you know I probably you know kept a couple of reps in reserve especially on the hack squat because my knees were you know had no fluid in them because they're so dry like stuff like that. So yeah stuff was changed around a little bit but their movements definitely still were kept in and you know they were still in, as intense as they could be in that final two weeks. I definitely scaled back on training in that two like final two weeks so definitely didn't push things as hard. Okay, so can you give us like a little bit of insight into like some typical workouts for you or some training philosophies that you follow, if it's the same thing? In terms of? Like, uh, are you one of those people when it comes to, let's say for a leg day, do you focus mainly on, you know, your squats, your, your deadlifts, or you mainly on machines or? So I think, um, so I don't barbell squat, like couldn't even tell you a time where I did barbell squat. Okay, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I assume, yeah, so I assume you'll probably be, you, you recognize you don't need it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm, I'm one of the people where it's just like, I don't think anybody needs an exercise. Like no one needs an exercise. Like if you cannot barbell squat because it is uncomfortable, then you do not need it to build big legs. You know what I mean? Like that is not something that, that that's not a thing, you know? So for me, I find it extremely uncomfortable, the back squat. Like I find it uncomfortable for my back. It's like uncomfortable for my hips. And whether that's just because I'm doing it wrong, I'm not sure, but I'm getting more benefit out of doing something like a hack squat. Um, I've recently just changed to a belt squat because I want to try something else instead of the hack squat or like a pendulum squat because I feel like that targets the you know, my, the target area is better. Like I feel like a, I can get more quad stimulus out of it or like a glute stimulus or whatever it may be um, out of that movement rather than a barbell squat, which is obviously more beneficial for me. I'm not, I'm not a powerlifter, I'm a bodybuilder. Like I'm trying to target the muscles that I need to to grow. It's not just about doing a movement for the sake of it because that's what I think is right, you know? So I'm big on that. Like, I don't think any movement needs to be in there. Like I don't bench, I, d I don't deadlift. I, really? I yeah, no. no. Like the I, last time you did though, bench or deadlift? Bench probably like beginning of the year. Like inc I can incline bench pretty comfortable. Like it's not an issue oh, for me, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just have other movements in my program that I prefer more like an incline dumbbell bench, you know what I mean? Like, or, or something like that. I do a variation of uh, deadlifts. Like I can do RDLs pretty comfortably or trap bar deadlifts. Like I haven't done in a while, but I used to do trap bar deadlifts or doing RDLs at the moment or even like a straight leg deadlift, but I don't find 
conventional dead, deadlifts like comfortable, you know? So it's just one of them things to me where I think as long as you're finding something to replace that movement to some degree and you know, you're still getting that same benefit out of it, then I don't think you need to do any movement. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Uh, well, I mean, I agree with you with the whole bench thing. I always, always, uh, as you know, bench press and deadlifts and squat, they are very good indicators of like for strength. Mm. They're fantastic. And if you're coaching a client for an early like strength phase and yeah. all that, they're good. Mm. But in terms of like body, like when I see a lot of bodybuilders or at least guys who compete, I almost rarely see that when it comes to the off on season, they tell me they, they try to stay away from barbells yeah. or as much as they can. Mainly because one thing's like the risk of being injured yep. and you're getting weaker. So why would you want to be using an exercise that does predominantly come into strength? Yeah. And also I'm pretty sure like in terms of, I, I, I think someone actually quoted me to this, but bench press has a lot lower chest stimulus yeah. than let's say a machine press and all yeah. that because of mechanical tension yeah. and isolation. Uh, a lot of them were telling me they focus. Oh, I remember, there was one guy who told me that most of his exercises leading up for the last three weeks are cables. Yeah, entirely cables because he's just trying to be completely like safe and focus on everything. Like obviously going through range of motion and all. Yeah. Uh, but the man and that's good that you don't focus on that and all that. Uh, but it's just different philosophies. Like I don't think what they're doing is wrong at all. Like if it not. works for them, it works for them. Um, and I, I think I had this conversation with someone the other day where there's there's no absolutes in fitness, right? What do you mean by that? Like there's no, there's no absolutely not or absolutely like this is what you must do, you know? Like I think it's different for everybody. Like someone's gonna flat bench, like which is, you know, for most people it's gonna be the most inferior like hypertrophy, you know, movement for their chest. But you, there's gonna be a few out there that are flat benching and have just fucking massive chest. You know sure. what I mean? Like, and you, you're gonna be like, well, how? Because that's not mechanically right, but it works for them. Why? It just does. Like that doesn't have to be like, there's there's outliers to everything, you know? Like, I don't think I don't think you need to do any barber work at all to like have an amazing physique and, and be like, you know, an incredible bodybuilder. Like some don't, you know, like there, there shouldn't be any absolutes in anything. Different things work for different people. Mm -hmm. Do you ever include movements like that then for your clients? Yeah, of course. If they put if if it's something that they want to do, yeah. Um, and you know, even you know, <laughs> I don't like RDLing, but I do it because it feels good for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of the movements that feels good. I'm going to reap the benefits of it. But yeah, of course. Like some some of my clients get on well with it, but I also have a lot that don't. I find more people don't get on with barbell squatting than people do. Personally, like that's what I found with a lot of my clients. Um, you know, and so cool. We'll, we'll do something else instead. We can swap swap that out for something else. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, I like that. There is no absolutes when it comes to fitness because if you said nutrition, I'd be like, hang on a minute. Exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's so strange thinking about that. Like, there's no absolutes for fitness, but there is definitely absolutes when it comes to nutrition. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, do you feel now that you're going into like the holiday time? Yep. Do you, for your for your own sake, are you still like completely tracking everything down to tea, or do you feel like you're letting things off like a? I eat the exact same thing every single day. Really, uh, right that. <laughs> bar one one meal a week that I have off plan. Okay, like do you have like a go to place that you? Not really. I mean, it's been pretty good at the moment. I've just been kind of just. I, if it's just me and I don't have anyone to eat that meal with, I won't have it. Like I'll just eat my normal food. I don't get any satisfaction. I'm just sitting in my fucking bed and eating a pizza and ice cream. Like I wouldn't get anything out of that personally. Um, 
I'd much rather like this past weekend I went out for I went out for dinner with my parents. You know what I mean? Like, and that was nice because obviously I haven't been able to do that for months on end. So I get more out of that. Like, it's not necessarily about the food for me. It's like it's cool. It's like I get to eat with the people that I want to spend time with. You know and you know, like whatever it may be. So I think I had Indian on the weekend, like that was fucking great. I hadn't had Indian angels, like it was good, you know? Like it's just, it doesn't really matter necessarily what it is. Um, but yeah, like I just prefer doing it like that. Yeah, so what is this food that you're eating every day then? Like it's- a- um, It's pretty much the same stuff as I was eating in prep. Like it's a lot of, I'm, I've am i got like a good variety of, like it's obviously allowed more variety because I'm eating a lot more food now. Uh, but it's, I've, I'm eating like a lot of, like my carb sources are mainly like oats, rice, fruit, cream of rice and then a few other things like honey and jam and stuff and like sourdough and then my proteins will be like tuna chicken and beef every day and then obviously whey as well and then different fat sources as well like i i definitely have a bit more variety in now that's probably one thing that's changed is this off season i don't feel like i have to rush things like i have before because it's been like i've done a prep and now it's just like fuck you have three months to do a quick off season before you you're prepping again you know what i mean and now i'm like i've got that first show out of the way which was the deal that i made to myself and now it's like you can actually have an off season now. Like you're not going to compete until 2024, the end of really? the year. Really? Yeah. You're going to wait a whole year now? A whole two years, yeah. Wow. And so that allows me to have the whole next year to grow and come back in my weight cup because that was the feedback, you know? Wow. So that's that, that's more beneficial to me, you know? Like it's, it's um yeah, it's allowed me to like not rush things. I am scared because my food is already at 5,000 calories. I'm kind of like, fuck, how high is it going to get? And my weight's only just creeping up now. It's kind of just like, but yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to have to eat a lot of food this off season, but it's just the way it is. My body's just, I'm a naturally a very small person. So it's just like, you know, I think I need a lot of food. What are you grow. talking about? We're the same height. Yeah, but naturally very skinny person. <laughs> naturally very skinny person. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, take it away from that. One thing I always admired about people who do comp. Uh, do bodybuilding or people who are just super super into you know the gym in general is how little it actually takes for us to be happy yeah it's so it's it's so strange and i I swear it irritates so many people like you give like some people if you're happy eating the same food every day and if you're happy with literally training constantly almost every day which i know that i am yeah but like you really don't really need much. Like. I was so like in Brisbane, I was, I was such a fish out of water, man. Like as much as I really enjoyed like having dinners out and stuff and, and you know, being around like a lot of friends over there, it was like, I think we got there on the Tuesday and, and probably by the Friday, I was like, I feel a bit uncomfortable. Like I just want to get back to my routine already. There you go. Yeah, I was like, so I was like, this is really nice eating out, but like, I kind of just want to like go back to eating my food every day and just the same thing. I just get, I get more out of it. Like I get more satisfaction out of it, you know? Brilliant. I actually almost say like, you know, no one really talks about this, but I swear you need to do like a personality test of all these people who step on stage. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying they are, or like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I would say a majority of them are very, very alike people. Yeah. These aren't the kind of people that, you know, they care about social stag- status, so they don't care about- well, Some of them do. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) These aren't the people that, you you know, they're not peacocks. They don't want to go out and fucking party every weekend or they don't want to be seen every weekend. These are like very isolated people. I think uh, for the, yeah, I think a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them also aren't, but a lot of them are for sure. Yeah. And it's weird when you start thinking, I mean, I've been very, I've I've definitely had my critical uh, critical points about when it comes to bodybuilding, but then again, everybody does. But yeah. 
I've always had a deep admiration for these people because I'm like, these are the kind of people that are doing the same thing day in, day out. And if you tell me yourself, you're going to have to wait off nearly two years yeah. till you're going to step on stage. Like, they got their lives planned out and they've got that meaning yeah. from such a young age as well. So when it's, like, judged from the outside public, I'm like, I don't think you fully understand no. what they've what they grasped the concept because there's so much more that goes into what you see on stage. It's actually much more than just... You yeah, know, it's everything else that revolves around that lifestyle. That I think is the best thing. Because I think it's sorry to interrupt, like yeah, interject there. Like I think for a lot of people, they often find that their family finds it hard, and they'll like be like, it's hard for the, their family yeah. to understand. Yeah, one of the most satisfying things for me was you know obviously after like the previous preps and it not amounting to anything like not amounting to like me stepping on stage right i think probably it was a bit like hard for my parents to understand especially my parents are like extremely supportive people but like that i could tell that it was hard to understand right like True. it was you'd get the normal gem pop questions like of less like why can't you eat this etc cetera, etc cetera, which like you can't blame anyone for like they, they don't know right and i think for them to actually see it all on the day and like come uh, like actually to the show and stuff it was kind of like I like you could see like they didn't have to say anything but it was like they get it now right? uh, yeah, that's they understand that's and that was like i think that was a huge win for the day for me like i was just like that was just like nice to see you know what i mean like you could tell it was just like i get it now they didn't have to say anything but it was like did you have any point during your prep where you felt like um i, I know it's a weird it's a weird thing to ask but did you have any point because you said you were becoming quite isolated did yep. you feel like um did you have a, a moment I don't, want, I don't want it to sound as a net come across as negative, but do you have a moment of like questioning, like, oh shit, is this really what I want? No. Oh, so you were completely streamlined the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Did you ever have any, when you were cancelled? I don't know if that's a good thing. Or <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic yeah. thing. I think that's a really fantastic thing because the people that I've spoken to, that when they come to me and then they, they I know it's, a, again, this is where I get critical of bodybuilding. Uh, okay, how I put the words right. They feel, I feel like some of them, absolutely love to complain because they feel like it gives them some kind of uh, a moralistic standpoint. Now, what I mean by that is I didn't, there was this, I, I remember I come across a couple of, couple of people, a guy and a girl in particular, and when they were on preparation, they love to tell you that they went on, and they could like, love to tell you they're on prep, and they will pry into whatever fucking conversation they can. Yeah. Like it's a crowbar into it, and it, they throw a grenade into the trench. And what I mean by that is they, I will say something, and then they won't ask about it. They'll immediately turn to them and say, yeah, I can't do this because I'm on prep. And I was just like, you <laughs> I, wasn't ask my guy. <laughs> I wasn't asking. I wasn't asking. But it's okay. Okay. So let's talk about that. And then yep. they will talk about all the hardships they're going through. And then it's I a say, choice, man. And then I say to myself all the time, then I say to them, do you really want, and then I would, add, and I got to a point where I was like, do you really want this? Yeah. Because if you complain about it this much, it won't help you. No. And if you can't accept the things that you're going through on this situation, that is a choice again. By the way, it. yeah. So when I speak to fighters yeah. who um who are getting ready for a, yeah. a, their own fight, or I speak to grapplers, the ones who have win like not all the time, most of the time, are the ones who fall in love with the hardships. Yeah, of course. Like they they're not complaining to me that they're missing um they they're missing you know social events yep. i understand like people leave they're not too mad that people are walking out of their lives yep. because their purpose and their fulfillment is so aligned with yep. who they are it's it's that whole sacrifice without regret thing right and it's like a lot of people are going to yes. look back on it and go well 
you know, is that, was that the right thing to do? You know, like, are you going to look back on this one day and be like, oh damn, I wish I did that. And I really struggle with that because I also think that a lot of these people that are doing really great things in their lives, like that, that, that comes with it. Like it's a whole part of it. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, they might regret it. Like who knows? But at this moment in time, this is what they want to do. You know what I mean? Like, do I want to go out now? Like I, I love summer, right? Like, do I want to go out and go to all these festivals now? You know, probably not. Like I might go to one or two. I probably won't drink. I just want to go be social. You know what I mean? Like I don't have any, any interest in that because it doesn't align to my goals. You know what I mean? I have time for that at some point in my life. If, if I choose to do so, you know, at this point in time, this is what I'm choosing to do with my life because I feel like this is going to get me to where I want to be. That's mm -hmm. the most important thing to me. But it's like I said, it's sacrifice without regret. Like I, I don't think I'm going to regret all this because it's, brought me so many different things you know and it, and it's going to teach me so different so many different things as much as it already has that i'm going to take into other areas of my life that's uh, the important thing I, I fucking love that that's that's amazing because there will be times where people just like they miss something and, and then they're so fo set, centered on that missing i'm like look you don't have to do this like you, you gotta understand you yeah. gotta ask yourself that question all the time you don't have to do this but then at the same time you really have to um the, the, the best, the most humble people I've spoken to is they live by the life that no one really cares. Yeah. It's such a harsh and bitter truth to, to spill, bitter pill to swallow. But when you understand that no one really cares, both success or failure, that means when you're free to do what you want yeah. and all that, you know. That's the, it's the thing. It's just like, yeah, like no one gives a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. no one gives a fuck that you're, you're choosing to be hungry and you're choosing to put yourself through this. You're, you're choosing to get up at 4am and do your cardio. You're choosing to do this. Like no one gives a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a, some, a choice that you're making own that choice. If you don't want to do it again, don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's all right. You know, like you don't have to do these things. Yeah. Do you, so now if I got to ask that real quick, because um, you're going to wait like, two years yep. down the line yep. does does that at all um does that at all give you some kind of like uh they've got to be careful with words. i'm not saying it's been a bother you but does that like give you some kind of like thoughts about it like where you oh man i've got to really wait this long i gotta um i gotta endure this like no, because what's the attitude towards that i, I could go ahead and, and go i'm gonna compete next year right yeah, yeah. but so am i gonna be as good as I need to be. Okay. Do you reckon that idea could change then? Let's say, man, if you you competed in what month was it? October. October. Yeah. October. So, when that's not even that's just under a year away. Yeah. So let's just say if the opportunity presented itself, and say you want to be able to get three months out, and you look fantastic. Yeah. Do you think maybe you could give it another crack next year? Uh, no. No, I think the earliest. Yeah, I like that, that very in stone. <laughs> yeah, I think the earliest that I would consider would be like April twenty twenty four, and then the latest would the one that I've you know kind of said that it, it it will be the next one will be October, you know because I just I'm just like well if I come back next year I don't think I'm going to be good enough. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Like I'm not going to have enough time in that off season to put on the amount of muscle that I need. Okay. You know, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty like certain that, you know, I want to try and come back as close to my weight cap as I possibly can, whether I hit it or not, I don't know. Like I, I could do, I could, I could not, but I want to come back to as close to that weight cap as I possibly can, because I'm going to be like much more confident in what I'm going to be able to do when the time comes of me being able to step on stage again. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. 
So are we going to also maintain the same division we're doing right yeah, now? Yeah, I'll stay in okay. classic for sure. Stay in classic. Yeah. Okay. So now the next thing I actually got to ask you is I want to just step away from that. We're not far out from Olympia, by the way, if you've been tracking it. I know. It. Of course yeah. I have. Yeah, okay. Of so I have. Give me some picks. Like, do you feel like I heard someone say that this is turned into, do you feel like body, I mean, turning into all eyes on classic right now? I feel like less people have kind of sort of paid attention now to the open bodybuilding since, you know, Phil Heath has lost, yep. Sean Roden's gone, yep. Kai Green's definitely not coming back in no. at all. It's quite Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, he's to. Not. I would love it to, but I don't think it's going um, yeah. I think open bodybuilding and the freaks will always be here to stay. I think so. Yeah. I just can't imagine it not, you know, but I also don't see a lot of people wanting to look like that these days. There's not a lot of, a lot of kids, you know, that are coming up and getting into the gym and stuff. You know, it's, it's all sebum, right? Like, yeah, it's because he's, he's obviously very mainstream now. So a lot of people just want to look like that, but you, you can't blame them for it. It's like a more aesthetically pleasing look, you know? And, but I do think that open bodybuilding will always be the king. I think that will always be the pinnacle. You know what I mean? Because that people are there to see the freaks. You know, um, but yeah, I do think classic will obviously continue to rise and and probably be on on par with it. You know, like, but also I do think it might die out a little bit when Chris decides to retire. Really? Of course, because he's he's the, he's the pinnacle of that. I don't think it, I shouldn't say that. Like, I don't think it's going to die and I don't think people are going to stop doing it. But I also think a lot of the hype is because of that, right? Because of Chris being at the pinnacle right now. I think when he steps away, as, as interesting it will still be, like, don't get me wrong, I'm st obviously still going to be ridiculously interested in it. Like, it's the division that I've picked for myself. Um, I, I think that people will still see that the freaks will still be, the open bodybuilding will still be the king. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's a valid point because... I do believe that the best way to make bodybuilding more more and interesting is just personalities. Yeah. And when And that's what draws eyes to that, right? Exactly. Yeah. So because when um people when I actually looked up the lineup for the open bodybuilding, the own I've not paid as much attention to it over the last few years, so forgive me, I'm not the absolute yeah, yeah. diehard fan of it. But Big Rami was the only one who I truly like recognised and yeah. had like a face to it. Yeah. Some of the other most of the other guys I couldn't quite understand who they were a lot of them are quite popular and there's definitely like some noise like some noise being made by a lot of them but this olympia is for classic and um i'd say for open mainly but like to pick that top 15 is ridiculous like it's so hard you know you usually can place you know usually a top five are hard to pick you know and you're just like oh it's probably a bit hard to pick but you, you can kind of get a rough idea but this year it's you have no idea man like there's so many different guys in it i think there's over like 30 people in the open division this year which is crazy because obviously they don't place anyone after 16th place oh really yeah everyone wow. from 16th is 16th place everyone is last that's such a strange number to place them in 16th. Well, i think they should place everyone personally or well, not place everyone but i think everyone should have a number i don't think it should just be 16 flat but it, yeah it's a lot of people to 16 that's not even half that's just no. over half of it so. yeah so but that's the same regardless of the amount of people went up um and then classic i think has like 50 competitors or something 50 if not more yeah wow it's, it's big you know and so like it, it's crazy it's very very crazy yeah does that ever like is that where you sort of feel like you would love to head one day you know down the line yeah that's why i'm doing it yeah well it's good that you start young as well yeah. with that like yeah and that's that's the other thing i sort of just wanted to like lead into and hopefully this isn't something that i'm not um pinching any nerves no but one of the things I've always deeply admired and love talk and love talk about on this podcast is that with people who get into that, 
they obviously they start taking PEDs. Mm-hmm. They start taking obviously taking steroids and yep. all that. First of all, I am a massive advocate for that sort of stuff. I love. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a huge. Well, here's the thing. Here's, here, let me give you an answer why a lot of the stuff people I love to talk to are fighters, mm. and they always talk about PEDs and steroids as cheating. Look, I understand, but. I think it's pretty common in the finding industry, it though, hey? but it's just I, very quiet. It's just, it's, it's, it's yeah. so, it's so quiet. Yeah. So quiet. Like I've had fighters come to me yeah. and they're like, every day they feel like it's a battle not to jump on it because they <coughs> keep seeing and they, and they keep comparing themselves, but they keep all seeing the all the other fighters yeah. and they're like, he's gotta be on something. Yeah. He's doing this. He looks like that. You can't do that naturally. And I actually agree with him. I, I do. I think anyone who thinks that anyone at the highest level of their sport, yeah, I do not care what sport it is, yeah, is taking something. Except figure ice. I, I, was it when they did the doping of the Russians? I think it was the figure skaters, the only ones who were not doping, because that was the only sport where it doesn't help you at yeah. all. That makes sense. So it's. But I think in every sport, you know, like everyone at the top of the NBA, like everyone at the top of football, like whatever it is, like I promise you that you know, like they're using something. Like yeah. it's it's performance enhancing for a reason. A hundred percent. But here's the thing: I want it to be accepted because if you really, really want to let the let them, I mean, they're there for your entertainment. Look, if it brings them more money, yeah. if it brings them more status, if it allows them to have longevity, yeah. like fucking LeBron's, how old is he? Is he is oh, he's in his forties now. He's in his forties, and he's like, if you look at his stats from ten years ago, like they're not that much different. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, do you know why? Like, he's yeah. a freak. Don't get me wrong, but like, do you know why? You yeah. know, and I'm not saying that's purely the reason, but. I mean, he's still on top of his game and he doesn't really have much signs of slowing down. Yeah, and I just feel like it's the social, I don't think it's the social attitude, but also like the, the, the a lot of, sometimes it's a bit of an ego thing. But where I'm going with this, the reason why I want it to be more and more accepted in society, because I feel like now more than ever, people yeah. are skeptical. Like there's a reason why Derek from More Plates, More Dates is becoming like he's a brilliant like source of of information. Fantastic, oh, 100%, yeah. 100% agree. It's very like it's great for like free information, and there's not a lot out there. You know, there's a lot of forums and stuff that are really, really poor. You know, a lot of like people giving their personal experiences, but like someone like him who actually has proper research on it. There's a lot of people that I follow and get a lot of research on it. Like it's there is it is out there. You just have to find the right sources. Yeah, correct, correct. And the the main thing is what I care the most about is transparency. Yep, because. There's, I feel also now people are heading more and more towards honest. Now, we don't have to say too many, obviously, main big names, obviously, on this podcast because we don't want to shame anyone. Yeah. But I want to give, like, a hat, sort of a tip, the hat to the people who do admit it. Like, another one, his name's Noel. I always can't have trouble pronouncing his last I name. I know who you mean, though. The South African chap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so open about it. Yeah. And he's, like, one of the biggest, like, social media megastars. Yeah. And I feel like that people are now rewarding honesty. Yeah. Do you, you see those people on social media who yeah. are like sourced to the fucking girls and say, oh, no, man, I'm all natural. It's and then nice. they can bleed their own bullshit. Yeah. And then that's where I feel like I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to be honest. And if you admit it and you come clean about it, you will obviously face yeah. a backlash because you've been lying. But the truth will eventually come out. Yeah, exactly. Like one way or another. I do think a lot of these people need to be honest about it. I think at the core of bodybuilding now, in, in competitive bodybuilding, I'm not sure about the social media side of it where you know you just have the, the fitness industry, uh, let's say, but I know inside, in the competitive bodybuilding side, it's a lot more open about now. I feel like if you asked the competitive bodybuilders 10 years ago, they would have probably denied it. Like even open guys, you know, they probably would have denied it you know, t- to the cows come home. But I know these days that everyone's a lot more open about it and they'll actually chat about it. Like there's a good podcast. Um, 
um, the Real Bodybuilding podcast by like Fuad Abiyad, like, and him and like a few other pros, like they just, they'll chat shit about it, you know, they'll answer questions about it and just be super honest because at the end of the day, if they're not honest about it, and they're lying and then they, these people, these kids that are watching and, and know, get their information off, you know, like Jerry off the fucking Reddit, like mm -hmm. they're probably gonna hurt themselves, you know what I mean? Like it's like, but if you're taking in actual information from credible sources that actually know what they're talking about, then I see that as doing more good than them getting more, you know, just shitty information or listening to, you know, someone at the gym that just takes shit, you know what I mean? Uh, that's actually the main thing as well, because I have always said to myself, look, I would love it more than anything for the science for the science to get better for them. Yeah. Like if we get more funding into this kind of stuff, who knows where this sort of can, this sort of stuff can lean in, like lean into. Like, there's a really good documentary I remember I watched when on Netflix called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Have yeah. you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Like the Bell, Mark Bell's brother did that's it. Yeah. it. Yes. How good that fucking documentary is and the whole science behind like steroids. Yeah. And how over time they could actually be useful for med med medical purposes. Mm -hmm. Well, like before then I had no idea they were used to treat AIDS patients. A lot of them are, yeah. A lot of them are used for actual like medicinal purposes yeah. in hospitals and stuff. And how awesome would it be if we could actually provide, it's not saying I want like 18 or 17 or 16 year olds yeah. jumping on this stuff. And they are around. They are around. But if they had that option, but when they had that option and it could be a lot more safer for them yeah. and they have all this education and they understand properly what yeah. they're going into. Yeah. It could be a lot better. I agree. So what's like, if you don't mind me asking, have you used or anything? Or yeah, of course. Yeah, so okay. for me, like, it's it's one of them things where it's just like, it's conducive to the goal, right? Fantastic. Like, yeah. that's where it is for me. Um, and yeah, like, there's a lot of sites for me where I was like, it was very important. It's very important for me that anything I do, anything that I, you know, whether it's something in nutrition or something in training that I am doing myself, I want to learn as much as I possibly can about it, right? I don't want to do anything that I don't understand. I do, like why like and you know there's plenty that do it's just like a coach you know prescribes something to a client is do xyz yeah. they're not some they're just gonna do it you know what i mean like without any thought behind it there's oh but my coach said to do it yeah but why did your coach said did, did you ask them why did you ask them reasonings why and i think we said this on the podcast last time where i don't think any anything is for most part within reason i don't think anything anything you give to a client you know like if you give an exercise to a client and they say why if you can give a reasoning behind it, and I know drugs are different than exercise, but like <laughs> give an exercise to a client and they say why, if you can answer it, then there's there's a valid reasoning behind that. But if you can't answer why you've given that, like you prescribe that to a client, then it's why are you giving that to the client? Do you know what I mean? Like there has to be an actual valid reasoning behind it. And for me, yeah, like it's, I, I've wanted to make sure that anything that I'm doing and anything that I am, um, doing nutritionally or in terms of PDs or in terms of training that I know and understand what's happening, you know what I mean? And so a lot of sites like More Place, More Dates, there's Train by JP, there's J3 University by John Dewitt as well. Like there's so many different websites. Yes, some of them you have to pay for, like that just is what it is. You have to pay to do a nutrition course. You, like you're gonna have to pay for these things. Like, you know, some a lot of it you can get for free. Don't get me wrong. There's so much free information out there, but sometimes you're just gonna have to pay for stuff. Like that. that is what it is. And it's the same as anything in life, unfortunately or fortunately. Um, but there's so much information out of there, out there that you can you can learn so much from but obviously that's why i have a coach as well yeah so when you when you started taking um when you went on your first cycle mm -hmm. what was like the immediate that uh, like what was it like the immediate uh results of it did you 
feel like it was like, was it immediate or was it a little bit of gradual over time? Um, it was probably pretty gradual over time. Mine was a less than ideal situation. Um, um, but yeah, I put on 10 kilos in like my first cycle, but I was like, I was pretty fat. I was pretty, I was pretty, I was, pretty, I was a pretty <laughs> chunky boy. It was like during that original lockdown. So I was like, you know, yeah. smashing Nando's every day, <laughs> train, training at, at my house with like, you know, very minimal equipment, but like I made some good progress, but like there was, there was the, after the cycle, there was no, um, information on how to handle that. So, you know, I didn't use it again until the start of the the first prep I did. And I think in that prep, I actually lost like four kilos, but the body composition was like so fucking different. I'll send you the photo after. Okay. Like, it's crazy. Like I'm pretty sure I lost like four kilos, but the body composition was just like insanely different. Um, and I think that's because my body was obviously like not used to it and responded really crazy to it. Um, but yeah. Wow. Did you have to go through any kind of like cycle like leading up to it or? In terms of? Like, um, were you taking anything like leading up to or do- The comp? Uh, yeah, the comp. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah of course. So the IFU is untested. Oh, that, well, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> is it, I know it's a weird thing, but is there anything that they can't take that's illegal? No. Really? Oh. Yeah. There's stuff that's frowned upon, but like like synthol, like oil side oh, injections. Oh, yes. That's a different thing. Yes. That I is. don't know of many amateurs that are using that. So. Yeah, that's- Interesting. I feel like that's the most- frowned upon in general like yeah i think so but i think it's more the look that it, like the look yeah. that it creates yeah. it's not the fact of using it i'm sure there's a lot of people that are using it and you can't even tell but i feel like some people go probably a bit overboard of it and then it's just when it creates a bit of an odd look obviously it's when it you know creates a bit of conversation yeah like do you ever have like those backstage conversations with them like hey man what did you do? like was there any chat backstage not of that kind of stuff no. really it's yeah. very just like it is what it is yeah, okay. It's it's very like I feel like once you start of you know you kind of get into the bodybuilding world it's very much it just is what it is like you don't really talk about it it's just another thing that you do ah, it's just okay. a part of it like it's it just integrated with you, you yeah. are fantastic it's, it just it is what it is like and I'm you know I'm always quite open about it and stuff I don't really have any issue talking about it um, I I know a lot of people that you know I and I I found that I think the more open that you are with someone about it they'll probably be the more open with you about it because they're like oh. Fantastic, kind of yeah. Which is like great, you know, and I've had like a lot of good conversations with a lot of people about it, so. Mm. So yeah. once you once you started and all that, in terms of like the education, um, what's your advice then to people? And I know because you, I know we're young and all that, yeah. but what's your advice to people who want to get onto that sort of stuff? Don't do I mean, it. No, really? <laughs> I think so. Really? I think if you don't have an immediate goal in mind and you just want to do it for the sake of it, then I don't think anyone should do it. Fair point, fair point. All right, may as well hold up there. I like that, <laughs> I like that. that's a smart, I mean, that's a smart way it's to It's true though, right? Like, sorry, I know you wanna, but it's just one of them things, right? Where if you don't have an immediate goal in mind and you're not sure, or you just wanna use it for the gym or for the summer, like it's, it's, it's it can be a lifelong decision. For some people it might not be, but for some people it, it is going to be like, that's gonna shut down their shit forever. Like you need to be aware and be able to be prepared to make that decision. And I'll finish it with, if you know what you want in your heart so much and you feel so alone with it, then I would say 100% go for it. Yeah. But it's it's just not one of those things I feel like you should be half-assing. No. And that's why I've always told Everything myself- Everything has to be on point. Exactly. And that's why I say to myself, when I hear about those 17, 18 year olds, I'm like, mate, you don't really understand. When I was 18 year old, I was a fuckwit. Yeah. 25 year old, 24 year old beast, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But that's the main thing because that's why I've always say you don't know really truly what you want no. at that age. Because no. you never know what's, cause what's gonna happen in the next few years. But once you get all mature, 
and you feel like you've been training for a while and you feel like you really, really want to pursue this. Consider it and speak to someone that is actually going to have you and help you and have your best interests in heart. And don't fucking lie to me. Oh, <laughs> that's the main thing I tell <sighs> people. Don't yeah. lie. Just don't lie. All right. Awesome. So that'll wrap it up just right there. Josh, uh, thank you very much for coming back, man. So I really thanks for having me again. Really appreciate that. Uh, guys, you can follow Josh on Instagram at Josh Birch. Yep. Fantastic. Josh M. Birch. Josh M. Birch. Yeah. Good. And also your coaching platform is currently taking on... Who are you working with, sorry? Team Goble. So team. Scott Goble is is the head coach behind that team. I'm, I'm working under that brand now. So link in my bio or just go to the Team Goble page on Instagram. Fantastic. Now, are you looking for clients, anyone like male or female? Or do you Absolutely have a specific anyone. niche now? Absolutely anyone. I'm taking on quite a few competitors at the moment. So anyone around there. Really? Absolutely. That's brilliant. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the Last Set Podcast. If you would like, please subscribe. And of course, if you want to become a Patreon of the, uh, of the podcast, link is in the description. Josh, thank you very much, brother. And uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of 2022 and into 2023. You get that fucking mass. (laughs) And 2024 is your year. All right, guys. That is game.